Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. today here on sports grid and happy tuesday to you i hope you you enjoyed the ncaa tournaments first and second round we're here to break that down today talk a little baseball some fantasy baseball and wrapping up the season of fantasy drafts craig mish davis maddock with you here on the show we'll bring in brett levy of course for a recap of the nba as well so davis how was it for you four days of college basketball madness I know that you were here Friday and Monday doing eight hours. Some huge upsets, I know, in this NCAA tournament. So I'm guessing the madness was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, had a really good gambling day on Friday with Keith and blew it. Then on Monday, it was uh, it was brutal. I was on uh, Oklahoma against Gonzaga. It, it was not nearly as good on Monday as it was on Friday. And my guy, Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State, really let me down in all of our bracket competitions that was kind of my my angle I had Illinois losing to Loyola Chicago but then I had Loyola Chicago losing to Oklahoma State so we got we got half of the way there on uh on the the sleeper side of the bracket all right that's the important thing we're going to look at the odds by the way for the upcoming games this weekend but first let's look at our headlines here on the show today the tournament's down to the final 16 I would say three or four teams you would have had no clue picking these teams into the sweet 16 if you did congratulations to you in your bracket or your betting uh, Elgin Baylor passed away yesterday, one of the great all-time players in the NBA. Wanted to make sure we mentioned that today here on the show. Unfortunately, for those of you who already drafted in your fantasy league, Zach Gallen is going to be out a little bit with forearm soreness. We're not entirely sure what this is. It looked like he got hurt um, at batting, and he'll talk about that. We'll hear that later on in the show. Kind of a very strange injury, nonetheless. Unfortunately for the Jays, Kirby Yates doesn't look like he's part of the closing equation for at least for six weeks. Davis and I will discuss who could potentially get some saves there. And yes, the Houston Rockets, the winning streak has begun. One game Davis in a row. That's all they were asking for. I know their coach was real emotional about this last week and all the losing. That's got to take its toll, but it's over. It's done. We do not have to point that out each and every day here on the show. They almost uh, went on a two-game winning streak. They had a game against Oklahoma City last week. John Wall was driving for the game-winning layup, would have iced it and put it away. They were down one. John Wall, open lane, gets up, is about six inches away from the rim, and uh, apparently no one told my guy 
Lou Dort that the Thunder are trying to lose games so they can enter into the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes because Dort just put a massive block on John Wall at the rim. I mean, one of the one of the coolest chase down blocks you will ever see. So the Rockets playing uh, a little bit better. You know, they got your guy, Christian Wood, Mr. PSA 10, Christian Finally. Wood back <laughs> on the roster. They got uh, John Wall, Oladipo playing, and then getting good Kevin Porter Jr. minutes off the bench. I mean, they can score now a little bit with Christian Wood back in the lineup, but overall, I mean, it, happy for them to get the win, but they they have been brutal. Yeah, it's been a rough year for them. Now let's look at the lines coming up this weekend in the NCAA tournament, and these are the Saturday games, Davis. Uh, these are courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook, one of the big Cinderella stories thus far, Loyola, Chicago, minus 6.5 against Oregon State. We also have Baylor, pretty significant favorites over Illinova. No doubt maybe the biggest favorite outside of Gonzaga is going to be Arkansas against Oral Roberts. And, he, and, and look here, I mean, Brett Syracuse Orangeman, a dog again against the Houston Cougars, I got to tell you, that six points is going to be tempting going into the weekend based on the way that Syracuse plays. It's like you don't think Syracuse is going to win the championship, but, I mean, the way they play defense and play that zone, I think that they have a shot to move on. And and Oral Roberts is going to be one that everyone will be watching for sure. A lot of jokes on Oral Roberts I saw on social media this weekend. Yeah, I mean, look, how are you going to bet against Buddy Curry right now? I mean, Buddy Beheim is shooting like 55% from three right now, just uh, draining these open looks. I know that Brett's got to be very happy about that. I uh, I definitely was not on the Syracuse train to begin the tournament. Uh, the the team I, I really like sitting there, I mean, Loyola Chicago, I don't think there's really anything standing in the way right now of Loyola Chicago making a Final Four run. It do, does seem like kind of a mistake the way – uh, the tournament was seeded. I mean, the Loyola Chicago was a nine seed, and they are the ninth ranked team on Ken Palm. And then Alabama, the other team. I mean, yeah. they are so tough defensively to break down. So if they if they play decent on offense, if they just have a good offensive outing, they are so tough to beat because they kind of play that Warriors death lineup style defense, where they have a bunch of dudes who are six eight, six ten. Long arms, they, you know, they just swarm on defense. They're a very tough team to beat, I think. And, and here are the Sunday lines. We have Creighton taking on the Zags. They're minus 13 and a half. Florida State, Michigan is going to be a good one. I have a feeling Michigan's minus three in that one. Uh, Pac-12 has done very well in this tournament. And uh, one of the teams is going home after the weekend. Oregon will take on USC. And as Davis mentioned, no reason right now to fade Alabama. They're playing as good or better than any team in the tournament. And they're minus Five and a half against UCLA. Our coverage will continue all week long. We'll be talking about it, previewing the games right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. And our coverage continues live with our in-game live shows this Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, the tournament games are next week as well, as well as one week away almost from opening day in Major League Baseball. So plenty to get to. On top of that, we have our fantasy standouts in the NBA. And that is coming up next. Huge games last night, specifically Carl Anthony Towns kind of has, I, I think, turned the light switch on or something because this guy has been going crazy over the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about him. Also the game that De'Aaron Fox had as well. Don Mattingly, the manager of the Miami Marlins, will join us as well in the second hour of our show to talk about his team going into the 2021 campaign. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, we're back with more fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid in just two minutes. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Take a look at our fantasy standouts from Monday night in the NBA. For those of you who are playing over on the DFS side of FanDuel, you'll probably be interested to know that there were some huge performances last night. We'll bring in our producer, Brett Levy, along with Davis Maddock. I'm Craig Mish with you here on the show. Don Mattingly joins us in about an hour from now. NBA fantasy standouts. Here we go. De'Aaron Fox and the Sacramento Kings pull off a very rare road win last night. 30.6 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. Sean Holmes, 17 points, 16 rebounds, three assists, one steal, and two blocks. Another big game for SGA, 31 points, three rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks. Carl Anthony Towns, 33 points, 10 rebounds, one assist, two steals, and one block. And then Gordon Hayward had 27 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and one block. Let's bring in our producer, Brett Levy, along with Davis Maddock. And Carl Anthony Towns seems to have certainly stepped it up over the last couple of weeks, Brett. He's been usable again on the DFS side over on FanDuel, and I believe that's 50 fantasy points last night for him. So solid performance. Yeah, he's been playing pretty well. I think this was a good matchup for him. Uh, Oklahoma City, since trading Steven Adams, lacks a little at their big spot, so... Uh, It was nice to see him dominate a matchup that you'd anticipate him playing well in. Um, But I think the big change has been since Chris Finch has come in to Minnesota, we've seen Anthony Edwards been playing a lot quicker. Uh, He's been the focal point of the offense as well. So having another guy that's been able to put the ball in the hoop for Minnesota has freed up some space for Carl Anthony Towns. And hopefully those two can keep it rolling for the future of uh, that Minnesota team. Timberwolves franchise. Yeah, no doubt. And, and look, they they named Finch the, the head coach uh, almost immediately when they when they fired their previous one. So this should come as no surprise that they're playing completely different. It's probably something they wanted to do. Davis, uh, SGA, another big game for him. It seems like he's on our, our fantasy standouts at least two or three times a week. And, and still, to me, one of the more underrated players in the NBA. I know that there's a lot more awareness of him going into this year, but still, for me, flies under the radar. 
I mean, he flies under the radar because Oklahoma City is not in the playoff race. I mean, they are, they're resting Al Horford every other game. They're inventing phantom injuries for Lou Dort, right? They're, they're giving minutes to undrafted free agents like Theo Maladon. I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can to lose these games, but it's, it's pretty much setting up for the Thunder to do something very similar to what the Celtics did after the Brooklyn Nets trade where they were bad for a little bit, but then they started to accumulate that young core and just, you know, ripped off. I mean, the, the Celtics are super competitive now and still have draft picks to spend. And, and Shea is, you know, I mean, he's my favorite player and I I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him continue to grow. Yeah. I think I saw Oklahoma city has something like 30 draft picks over the next seven years or something insane. So they're definitely building for the future. No doubt. All right, our other fantasy standouts in the NBA, the Utah Jazz with another win, of course, yesterday. Rudy Gobert, 21-10, two assists and nine blocks. Donovan Mitchell, 30 points, six assists, uh, six rebounds, one steal. John Wall had himself a triple-double. Drew Holiday, 28 points, five rebounds, 14 assists, two steals and one block. And then Jalen Brown had 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block. Davis, um, before we go to Brett here, I want to go back to the Utah Jazz. And I know that, Davis, you and I have been talking about this on the show all season long. Do you feel any differently now than you did two months ago about them as we close in on the playoffs and the trade deadline? Well, I I guess I maybe feel a little bit worse about their team than I did a month ago. But the Lakers now, playing without Anthony Davis, playing without LeBron James for at least two or three weeks at this point, I maybe I feel a little bit worse about the Jazz, but it's just going to be much easier for them to coast into a solid playoff spot because the Lakers are not going to be ripping off 10-game winning streaks with, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker and Dennis Schroeder. And, and Brett, before we get to Syracuse, because I do want to ask you about that, LaMelo Ball looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season. What do you think that does in terms of the rookie of the year? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'd look out for Tyrese Halliburton uh, in Sacramento. I know it's weird to kind of target a guy playing in Sacramento, but great college player at Iowa State. Uh, was injured last year, and we saw what happened to Iowa State. He's been an impact rookie for the Kings this year. Um, and, you know, he's been a really steady hand. So I think you're right, Craig. It is going to have a huge impact. LaMelo was kind of running away with this thing, and it's crazy. We've seen an injury, two injuries actually, with LeBron's ankle uh, impact the MVP race. We've now seen a wrist injury impact uh, rookie of the year. So, uh, injuries are always something to keep in mind when placing these long-term future bets. Davis, who do you like right now for Rookie of the Year in, in the NBA? I, I, there are some people that still think LaMelo's going to win. Is there is there a chance of that? Oh, LaMelo can definitely still win. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel pretty strongly that LaMelo can still win because – uh, eventually, D'Angelo uh, uh, Russell and Malik Beasley are going to be back for the Timberwolves. I think Beasley has four games left on his suspension. So when those guys get back, Anthony Edwards is going to take a step back, both in terms of minutes played and of his usage rate. And I think there's a chance. I mean, we've seen stuff like this happen with Rookie of the Year before, where a guy misses time, a guy misses a bunch of time, you know, misses the end of the season, misses the beginning of the season, and still wins the award because he was clearly the best when he was on the floor. So I, I, if I had to bet on one guy right now, it would be Edwards. But if you're holding a LaMelo ticket from earlier in the year, I, I don't think those tickets are dead. 
Hmm, interesting. All right, Brett. So this is your moment here because we don't know how many more moments you'll have. Syracuse uh, rolls off back-to-back upsets in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Can they do it a third time this weekend? Well, Craig, an amazing stat. Jim Beheim has never lost a first or second round game as a double-digit seed. So just keep giving us those 10 and 11 seeds, and we'll be making a lot of sweet 16s, I think. But, uh, but you know, uh, Davis said it earlier, Buddy Beheim's been incredible. Uh, he's probably going to go number one right ahead of Cade Cunningham now, uh, Davis. So hate to rub that in, but, you know, he's climbing. Uh, he won't go that high. He'll probably end up having to come back. But we're excited. It's been a great run for the Syracuse Orange. And uh, it's still incredible to me, Craig, how Jim Beheim's played the zone for 40 years and Every year in the first round of March Madness, the team comes out and uh, struggles in that first half against the zone. It's crazy. Like, 40 years worth of tape, and it doesn't matter. Nothing changes. No, it doesn't. And, Davis, it was it was interesting because you know, Jim Beheim clearly is still – it's still remarkable that he's still coaching at, at this level in the NCAA. We saw Rick Pitino take a huge dive down, right, over the last few years. Davis, what, and, and did you see the comments that he made is that – if if he if I, I guess if Calipari went back to the NBA and and if Patino was called by Kentucky he wouldn't go because he would want to stay in Iona. <laughs> this was the I mean that he's he made. so he's so full of crap. There there's no way there's no way if Kentucky comes calling with their crazy budget and then the contract they would offer him he would be leaving Iona in a, in a heartbeat. Come on, Rick Patino, like le- level with us. Be real, buddy. Yeah, I, I saw that one, and, and that that, that kind of caught me. And and, I, and listen, I mean, Patino did a great job with Iona this year, no doubt. He ran into one of the best teams in the tournament here. I mean, honestly, I think Iona would have had a shot if they didn't play against somebody not named Alabama, but they clearly didn't have any shot in that one. Um, Davis, as, as far as uh, going back to the NBA for a minute here, is there anything in particular on the radar for you over the next week or two? I know that we have the trade deadline coming up here and here in South Florida, that's all everybody is talking about. I see DeMar DeRozan's name being thrown out there. That's one interesting name. And is John Collins, you think, going to get traded? I mean, who's like the biggest name over the next week to watch out for here? Well, I think a guy who is almost definitely going to be traded is going to be Lonzo Ball. And I think it's going to be the Clippers. The Clippers made a very small trade last night where basically they gave up some cash in a late second round pick to get uh, a roster spot. And I think they're trying to create a roster spot for Lonzo Ball, which I, I think is a trade they should make. It, it seems like a good trade. All right. Well, trade deadline's coming. We'll cover it for you here, of course, on Fantasy Sports today. But coming up next... It's our look at the 2021 Detroit Tigers and their season win total. They are all not going to win 80-90 games, folks. This is one of those teams, but we'll break it down. Can they go over their total? We'll tell you next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Major League Baseball season starts in a little bit over a week, and the FanDuel Sportsbook has each and every season win total posted now. So those of you who have watched our show throughout the season, you can go back and watch on demand because Davis and I have given you opinions on every single win total in both the American League and National League, and just go to our YouTube channel, and you can watch us predict every single one of them. Some we have picks, some we have leans, some we pass on. Now, Davis, the the issue at hand is that we still have some pretty good teams to go. We haven't done the Rays yet. We haven't done the Dodgers yet. We haven't done the Padres. And uh, Mike Blewett will be in for me tomorrow. You guys will do the New York Yankees. So today we're kind of left with the Detroit Tigers. And, and, And truthfully, Davis, I like where they're headed. It seems like this organization is building around young pitching. And I, I think we could see three of them in the big leagues this season. But it feels like for the last few years, it's been a lot of patchwork on the offense with not a lot of young players on the way outside of Spencer Torkelson. So uh, maybe the Tigers in a couple of years will build and, and sign free agents. At least they've been active in the, on the one-year front. Like they keep just adding guys for one-year deals. But simply put, it's still a work in progress is the way I would describe it with Detroit. Their total is 67 and a half after finishing in last place last year. Yeah, and like you said, I just the the cavalry is not coming. There are not uh, there there's not a huge wave of prospects that are set to come up for the Detroit Tigers. They do have, I guess that's not entirely fair. They do have a lot of pitching prospects relative to what you would yes. expect from their organization. Mm-hmm. So they have Mize, they have Manning, they have Scooble. Um, you know, they have uh, uh, they have Riley Green, who is a, a highly graded outfielder, but he's down. You know, he's down in high A ball. Very this is low. not this is yeah. not a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're not anticipating him to be ready to go right now. And I guess you could charitably say that Willie Castro is is a uh, is a prospect. You could well, he's on their major league roster now. He's hitting third for them, so he's not a prospect anymore. He is he is a part of their you know he is a part of their lineup. And then Isaac Paredes is you know like uh no one's if he was in the if he was in the Yankee system we wouldn't know his name he he literally he, he would never project for everyday at bats because the Tigers have these massive holes um it looks like Paredes is probably gonna be on their roster to start the year and I imagine that he will start to take at bats away from uh, Candelario and from Nunez throughout the course of the year Torkelson is the guy who who you can pin your hopes on I mean if Torkelson is amazing right away, right? He's he's Mike Trout reincarnated, and Mize and Scooble are good. Well, then I guess you can start to talk yourself into it. But these are guys they're giving everyday at bats to right now. Robbie Grossman, career journeyman, been on a bunch of different teams, had a power spike last year. I don't really buy it. Miguel Cabrera, I mean, basically, is the Tigers' version of 
uh, Albert Pujols to the point where you're you're not expecting positive contributions from him. Nomar Mazzara, uh, you know, was the worst hitter in baseball the, the last time he got a full complement of plate appearances. And then, you know, non-roster invitee guys like Nunez, like Victor Reyes. I mean, just these, you know, total, like we're not even really that, like in the Raz Slam, Victor Reyes went undrafted as a as a yeah. switch hitting outfielder. Like that that does not happen all that often for a guy slated for 400 plate appearances in a 42 round draft. So, yeah, it's just it's pretty bleak uh, up there in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going about it the right way, building on the pitching. Riley Green, it, it could be a debut in 2022. I think Torkelson could be a debut in 2022. But you got to field nine guys on a major league baseball team, and and I don't I don't see one name outside of Castro in this lineup that I would almost guarantee will be on the team in in two thousand and twenty two. Uh, Grossman leading mm-hmm. off, Candelario's on his last shot here. I would say I do like Castro, and the Tigers like Castro. I know that, so circle him. Miggy Cabrera's a Hall of Famer toward the end. Scope, another one-year deal. They'll move him in July for sure. Mazzara, if he shows anything, they'll move him in July. Wilson Ramos, they'll move him in July. <laughs> Renato Nunez is, is is a power. I mean, this guy can hit 30 home runs, but they're going to move him <laughs> if they can. Yeah. And Jacoby Jones had a million shots, and I would never draft him in fantasy. Now, the pitching, as you mentioned, is a little bit more interesting. Matthew Boyd has a chance to be a special pitcher, but we've been saying that for a while. I know Jose Ureña very well. He'll pitch a lot of innings, hit a lot of guys, and not be very good. Uh, Tariq Skubal's got a shot to be in the rotation to start, as you can see. Manning and Mize are coming. Tehran, you don't want. Fulmer has been a huge disappointment. Gregory Soto, I don't know a ton about him, but I know he's their closer. When Spencer Turnbull is is healthy, he's going to pitch and maybe pitch well. I know he has COVID right now. So so when you look at their total, Davis, look, it's 67.5. You know that you're going to be a little bit jaded because you're going to think that the Royals are probably going to be a lot better than most. So that that's sure. kind of the issue at the end here. And, and, and I understand that. And I, and I think that's fine. And I do think the Tigers could certainly, you know, finish somewhere in the 70 win range. I've talked about this a ton of times here on the show. Uh, I, I think the Tigers on paper are better than, than Texas, you know, and Texas has more or less the same win total here. I see some major league players on this team. I just don't like to get involved with win totals in the 60s because there's just too much variance. And think about it. If Torkelson lights the world on fire in his minor league month or two that he plays, they decide to call him up. Let's say Mize comes up. Let's say Manning comes up. Like, they have some decent reinforcements that I could see them using to get to 70 wins. So for me, Davis, it would just be a lean on the under- I'm not I'm not certain the Tigers lose another 100 games because, again, you get to September, they're sitting on 63 wins. Who's to say that they don't have a 500 September even with some of these players that they have? So I would just lean on the under, but Cleveland's going to be worse. Kansas City, they'll probably be better, but how much better, I'm not sure. I think the White Sox total is inflated. You're just throwing everything in a bucket and thinking that they're going to win 100 games usually doesn't happen in baseball. I can see the Tigers winning 68, 69. I'm going to lean under and nothing else. So this is how they get there. This is how they would beat their total. Scooble's good. Mize is good. So every, you know, two out of every five days, you have a guy who pitches above the expectation that the, that the market has. Then the other thing would be Boyd recapturing some of the magic that he had, not for all mm-hmm. of, but for part of the 2019 season. You look at his right. ERA 
and it was not great. But through parts of that season, he he's always struggled with home runs because he's you know kind of a soft tossing lefty. But he really figured out some interesting strikeout stuff in that 2019 season. You know, got up to uh, a 30.2 percent K rate. Then you start talking to yourself, okay. Willie Castro really hits, right? Just hits the ground running, is already hitting like the guy that we expected him to in the minors. Nomar Mazzara recaptures it a little bit. Jonathan Scope hits 32 home runs. Victor Reyes replaces Jacoby Jones and hits like a league average player. It all it all rests on young players performing above their expectations. And then you start getting into like a, okay, well, I'm correlating all these parlays of young players outplaying their expectations and then you realize that it's still not going to be enough for them to compete so they're going to sell whatever is not tied down right scope gone Boyd, gone all these guys are gone Mm -hmm. so i would definitely not bet the over especially because of what you mentioned i think um you know the royals are going to be better than the market expects and i think the white Sox are going to be really good i also think that the twins are a little bit better than the market expects when we did their over under i took the over Mm -hmm. on the twins so I again, I I actually think you could bet this under and feel good about it because if they're winning, it's not going to be enough. And the fact that they would be winning is actually going to generate attention to the players they'd want to sell, right? Boyd, Scope, Grossman, Ramos, those guys would be gone for anything, for cash considerations, for a player to be named later, they would be shipped out of town and then it'd be, you know, total replacement level guys coming in. Yeah, no, it, it's easy to look at it that way. I, I just think that it, it's dangerous for me in the sense that <clears throat> if I see replacements on the pitching side, which is what I see here with Detroit, I'm a little bit wary of that because I don't know how good they're going to be. There's certainly a chance that my Scooble and Manning are all not good. There, there's that chance, but mm-hmm. they're 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 not hinging their future. I mean, look, Riley Green and Torkelson are going to be the future of their offense for sure. But they're way more excited about those pitchers that I just mentioned. Like, they, like they think that they are—they've already debuted a little bit. They're—they're they're hoping to have them this season. And if it's true, what normally happens is the first year for a lot of these rookies doesn't work out very well, and then the second year is when they kind of come on a little bit. I could see these guys pitching well in August and September, and and again, who knows what? Look, look, Kansas City could be better. Cleveland could be better. But they could be out of it in September, and then the games don't matter as much, and then that favors Detroit a little bit too. And, and I don't like their team, and I, I don't think they're winning 80 games, but it wouldn't shock me to see them go 70 and 92. That's still 22 games under 500, but I'm, I'm going to lean under for the sake of it. Uh, but what the Tigers need to do, and they need to do pretty quickly, is identify through the draft and through international free agency, David, some offensive players. Because I, I saw this happen with Miami, and now Miami has a ton of offensive prospects that they're not really sure about. We know they have the pitching, they don't have the, in, the hitting. If Detroit plans on competing next year, I don't know if they will, but if they're planning on competing in 22, there's got to be a massive overhaul with the offense. They need guys coming fast. Like, I mean, young players, AAA, AA, international free agent. I, I don't see anything outside of Torkelson and Green. Like, nothing. Yeah, so, I mean they gotta get they gotta get Torkelson up, they gotta get Green up in the next year. They gotta get rid of Miguel Cabrera, Nico Goodrum every day plate appearances to figure out if they want him or not. Like I, I think the fact that they are playing Nunez uh, over him is is bad. I also think you know playing even Jaime Candelario over him is bad because Candelario is is nothing, and Nico might be no. good. He could be good. 
Yeah, Nunez hit 30 home runs two years ago with the Orioles and was their top offensive player last year. And that was that was not good enough for the Orioles. They let him go in the offseason. All right. Uh, a couple of drafts we're going to talk about. My draft in the National League, Tout Wars, and Davis's NFBC this weekend. So I want to get to those here on the show. Also, we'll hear from the manager of the Marlins, Don Mattingly, who joins us in less than an hour from now. More fantasy sports today on Sports Grid coming up next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch, Davis Maddock, the Major League Baseball season is about a week away and it's time now for us to take a look at one of the primary expert drafts that i was in this weekend now they're no longer calling it an auction i guess it's for politically correct reasons i'm i mean i I really don't understand this one because we are buying players they've changed it to now salary cap so that's fine we'll call it the national league salary cap tout wars team and davis it was really interesting it lasted probably about four hours it was pretty smooth we were all in one of the zoom rooms normally i'm there in person but i gotta tell you davis the big difference between auctions and drafting like you do online in the snake format is just massive it's just really hard to read the room there are errors going on there are mistakes being made and not everybody davis believe it or not is really technically savvy with this and we saw Saw that a couple of times in my in my Tout Wars salary cap draft. So we're going to take a look at it now, okay? Let's do it. All right. So here are the we're going to go in order of the prices that I spent, and I can I can kind of dive in a little bit deeper why they happened and and why I spent what I spent, which will probably make more sense as we go along. But here are the top five priced guys that I ended up with. Three on the Phillies. So Ronald Acuna Jr. at forty two. Remember, this is an on-base percentage league, not average, which is why uh, Bryce Harper went for 39. In a non-on-base percentage, he goes for about 34, 35. But he led the league in on-base percentage, so therefore that's important. Alec Bohm, who's going to play third base for me for the Phillies at 24. Blake Snell was my highest-priced pitcher at 21. I now have him in two leagues. 
And then there isn't a draft that I do that I don't at least attempt to get JT Realmuto, who's going to be playing catcher today, by the way, in the Grapefruit League. So I got him for $19, and, and Davis, I spent $24 on the same player last year. So I'm kind of happy that I got a $5 discount there. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on these five players that I acquired? Nationally format on base percent, percentage is one of the categories in Roto. So I love getting the best player, especially in an only league. I mean, having a guy who's going to contribute in all five categories, going to get everyday at-bats, you know, you're going to get 650 plate appearances minimum from Acuna if he's healthy. I love that. Um, you know, especially... Craig, you know, you're, you're, you're grinding the pavement. You're out there. You know the $1 players. You know who's going to be getting that playing time for you. You know who's going to be picking up those cheap saves. You know, so I, I definitely like the stars and scrubs in only league auctions. So I think that's very strong. I think getting Bryce Harper at a very small premium in OBP, I mean, $39 for Harper in an OBP league, he has a pretty solid chance of being a top 10 hitter anyway right in the second round of batting average leagues so when you put him into an only format you put him into an obp format i think he takes a big step 21 dollars for snell also i think is is pretty strong um what did what did you darvish go for compared to what snell went for he went for 24 i believe i was in on you darvish as well like i was in on the last draft he went for 24 and i and i was at 23 so i lost him and then i went pivoted to snell yeah uh i mean i and then of course i i i knew when you told me you were doing an nl salary cap league i was like oh yeah he's getting jt ramuto there's heaven and earth could move but craig is gonna find a way to get ramuto on his team yeah yeah so so my thinking behind harper at 39 dollars was you're going to see the next graphic here. I knew I was going to end up with CJ Crone. I was not going to let this go by without getting him. And that's going to crush my on-base percentage. So I figured between Harper and Crone, that will even itself out. You may ask why Drew Smiley at $14. Well, Alex Anthopoulos, of course, came on our show, told me to draft Drew Smiley. But in no way did I think that he would end up going for $14. The scenario here was Gray Albright, our friend from Razball. What happened, Davis, is that Smiley was the top pitcher in terms of ADP left to auction off in the draft for a long, long, long time. And what happens in this scenario like this is you look at your team, and if you see a deficiency in pitcher, he was by far the best pitcher that was left. And Gray looked at his team and said, man, I really need another pitcher. I knew that this was the one that I had, but in an NL only, he should only be going for about eight, nine bucks. He ended up going for 14. I had to pay the price. Without him, I essentially did not have a third starter. As you can see here, I ended up with Sandy Alcantara, who I wanted to be my second best starter. I would have paid more for him than I would have paid for Smiley. I got him for 11. Lorenzo Cain was $14 and Corey Dickerson at $10 from Miami as well. Dickerson will lead off for the Marlins. So the reason I ended up with Cain Davis is because I bid $20 on Brandon Nimmo, but another one mm -hmm. of the people in the room said that he tried to bid 21 before the auction ended. And they determined that because he, tr he said he tried to, that they awarded him the 21. Now I could have had Nimmo at 22, but that was, I just felt like that was going a little bit too much. So Kane is not Nimmo but he's kind of Nimmo light in my opinion. I'm going to get the OBP. I'm going to get the same steals. Where I'm going to lose out, Davis, is the plate appearances because we know Kane, you know, Nimmo's going to be at 500. 
I doubt Kane will. It just he's, he seems to have these little nagging injuries every year. What I'm looking for is an outfielder that's not going to hurt me, steal a few bases, and have a good OBP. That's what Kane was there, and and I got him at 14. Nimmo was the one I originally was going for. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you that I would rather have Nimmo than Kane. And with Kane, it it really does come down to health. Now, he was able to get 623 plate appearances in 2019, 620 in 2018, and even 645 back in 2017. I guess the concern you would have about Kane now, 34, how many bases is he going to steal at 34? And the other thing you have to worry about with Kane is if Avisel Garcia is tearing the cover off the ball in his limited plate appearances, what do the Brewers do? Do they move Kane to the bench? Do they move Kane down in the order? Do they swap Jackie Bradley Jr. out? Like, who do you think plays more between Jackie Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Kane if Avisel Garcia is tearing the cover off the ball? If you think it's JBJ that loses the plate appearances, well, then no big deal. But if Garcia takes the plate appearances away from Kane, then you're you're sweating a little bit. Yeah, and, and look, Bradley's a great defender, and, and that changes the game with Kane. He used to always play center field. Now he will not. I, I'm, I'm looking at about 350 plate appearances from Kane. I'm prepared for that going into the season. I just didn't want anyone that was going to hurt me as my third or fourth outfielder. That's kind of where he he slides in there. So uh, those were the, the double-digit players that I ended up winning. Here are some of the single-digit players. I didn't go all the way down, I don't think, as far as uh, a buck is concerned, so we can end it here. I mentioned some of the other guys that I ended up getting. Uh, Anthony Bass at eight bucks. I'm convinced he's the closer of the Marlins. So I, I, you know, that was the only guy that I really got predominantly four saves. I did not want to come out of this without any closers. I've tried that in the past. Sometimes I succeed on the wire and sometimes I don't. And I just wanted to make sure I ended up with one. And I, and I have tried the no saves in the NL Roto format and boy, it, it just, it, it catches up to you pretty quick. Like you can't get out of last place. Uh, Nico Horner, uh, I'll put him at second base for eight bucks. Wilmer Flores, I'll play everywhere. I'm not convinced on Belt. Belt went, Brandon Belt went for $17 in this one. I'm not convinced he's healthy. Uh, I want Flores at first base. Kevin Newman is going to lead off for the Pirates. He's a steals guy. Uh, I'm hoping for 10 steals. I, I think by now you know I would end up with Trevor Rogers. What, what happened with Rogers is that my max bid at the end was 6 bucks. And I waited until my second to last player and I wanted to make sure no one else could get him. And I threw the six down. Nobody could match me. And that's how I ended up with him. And then Alex Reyes actually got bid up to five bucks from the St. Louis Cardinals. But Davis, I think that he's going to have a monster season out of the bullpen, either as the swing guy or maybe even as the closer. I think a lot of strikeouts are coming for him. So that's kind of the start of the building of my bullpen, which isn't fantastic. But what do you any any of these under ten dollar guys that that you were in on at all this fantasy season? Yeah, I mean Nico Horner is the perfect only league guy, right? Where even even if he gets a bunch of plate appearances, you're not that excited about him in a fifteen team mixed league. But he projects for a good number of at bats for the Chicago Cubs. He was a great OBP guy in the minor leagues, like just walked like no one's business, never struck out in the minor leagues, adds a little bit of speed, probably will steal 10 bases for you over 500 plate appearances. Not going to get a ton of power from him, but he he he's kind of like the, the NL version of Madrigal, actually, where you're going to get a solid OBP, you're going to get lots of plate appearances, you're not counting on him for a ton of runs or RBIs, but there are going to be people 
who got who went for eight, nine, ten, who are going to get half the plate appearances of Nico Horner and who do not have his plate skills, right, in terms of the OBP. So I, I think Nico Horner, pretty underrated in NL only. And then obviously you were going to get Bass and Rogers. I mean, those are, those are as sure as you were going to get Ramuto, you were definitely going to get Bass. You were definitely going to get Rogers. And I actually really wanted to get Alex Reyes in our NFBC main event. He ended up getting sniped off those ratios. I think I agree with you. They're just going to be really good. Yeah, I think 12, 13 strikeouts per nine is coming for, for Alex Reyes. I think the same thing is coming for uh, Trevor Rogers. I'm going to pick Trevor Rogers to win the rookie of the year in the National League. And, 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 and if you watch any of my shows or podcasts previously, when it comes to the Marlins, I'm very fair and impartial. Like I, like This is the most Marlins I've ever taken in a fantasy draft, and it's not even close. So you know, I, I just kind of went with what I knew a little bit in this one. A um, couple of other players that I'll just mention to you that I ended up with. Darren Ruff is someone we've talked about a lot in, in the in the fantasy season. I ended up with him for a buck. So, you know, no really no, – no risk there. The other player that I'll tell you that I got in the reserve rounds that I'm now very interested in today that I may have ended up with a home run pick is – I don't know if you saw this today, Davis, but the Washington Nationals moved Starling Castro to third base today. I guess Keyboom yep. is not playing well. And Luis Garcia, who's their top hitting prospect in the minors, is playing second. And if they option Keyboom and play Luis Garcia at second, I don't care where he bats in the lineup. You mentioned it before. In an only league, you're just looking for plate appearances. That would completely change my team. I mean, he he would steal 20 bases with 500 plate appearances. So that was a end end game pick for a buck. Or I'm sorry, even the reserve round. So I'm hopeful that he ends up playing. That could be a huge one for me. Yeah, and Castro, by the way, not only will he steal bases, he will he'll you know he's gonna he's gonna give you some home runs, and he's way better um, in an OBP than a batting average. I mean, you know, his batting average is is gonna be fairly low. He should be able to get to like a three thirty on base percentage. But also, the other thing about Castro is when he plays, they put him in a good lineup spot. They they key boom, they're batting him ninth. But if Castro's in there instead. They'll bat him sixth sometimes. They'll bat him second every once in a while when Soto gets a day off. I mean, Starling Castro is is always been a super underrated fantasy guy. But, I mean, 29 home runs for for your Miami Marlins in 2019 with a couple stolen bases. And, I mean, that th- just being in that lineup is going to give him uh, a nice floor for runs and RBIs that he you know wouldn't have when he was with the Marlins. Yeah, Reyes Maranta is another one on the Washington Nationals. I'm sorry, on the uh, San Francisco Giants that I ended up picking up very late. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, the, these are very difficult drafts, but they, you really need a good education on what the individual leagues look like in order to make the right picks. But we'll see how things work out. I have yet to win Tout Wars in the NL. I believe this is my fourth year in this. I, I've been in. I was in the NL three consecutive seasons. Dropped out last year because of not traveling to New York. Meanwhile, no one traveled to New York. I could have stayed in. And and now I'm back this year. So I appreciate having me again. We'll talk about this league throughout the season. Coming up next, it's time for us to preview the game tonight between the Lakers and Pelicans, right? It's going to be LeBron James against LaMelo Ball. This is the game we're all looking forward to. Maybe not. We'll talk about it next. Don't go away. Stay on the grid.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. what to compare this game in the NBA to. I, I suppose what we could do is say, imagine if there was a Fantasy Sports Today show and Craig Mish and Davis Maddock were both not on it because it kind of feels like that's the game tonight between the Lakers and New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know if I'm giving us enough credit or not enough, one way or the other. Davis, the the Pelicans tonight, I mean, it's, it's shocking when you see the Pelicans six and a half point favorites over the Lakers. And then you, of course, come to find out that LeBron is out. You know that Anthony Davis is out too. But LaMelo Ball is not going to play either. The total is 222. I would love your wisdom here on how you handicap this game where arguably the second best player on the Pelicans is out and the two best players on the Lakers are out. And the Pelicans are six and a half point favorites nonetheless. So how do you see this one? Yeah, I mean, I I think that you would lean towards taking the Pelicans here. And it's not that the Lakers don't have guys offensively. You know, Kuzma, Taylor Norton Tucker, Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell. These guys can can get buckets, but you know, who's going to who's going to defend Zion, right? You don't you don't really want Marcus All playing 30 minutes at this point, which is what they would need. You don't really want Trez guarding Zion. So it's, I, I think it's going to be very hard for the Lakers to get stops. If they are competitive in this game, I would look towards a big offensive game from Montrezl Harrell and from Dennis Schroeder. Those are the guys who are really going to have to, to pick up the slack. I wonder if the over in this game is the play with all these injuries and the Lakers are just going to be trying to, to outscore opposing teams while LeBron and Anthony Davis are out because that's what suits their style best. But I, I like the Pelicans and the over here. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... It's always fascinating to me of the players who step up in games like this when they're out, like Zion Williamson's props, whatever they are tonight over on FanDuel. I'd have some interest there. I would imagine that he's headed for a big game. But all right, so Davis likes the over a little bit, over 222. We'll break down a game every day right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Coming up next, we got Chris Kofsky with our updates. And then we have our headlines coming up at the top of the hour, perhaps – a new fantasy starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons? Maybe. We'll dive into that coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll also hear from Diamondback pitcher Zach Allen. Stay on the grid.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.